y'all. Welcome to season six. Season six of This Most Unbelievable Life. I'm Sherry Spiegel. I'm Paul Fitzgerald. We're glad you're here. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Good morning, Dr. Spiegel. Good morning, Paul Fitzgerald. It is podcast... Doctor. Oh, please. Dr. Spiegel. Yeah, that's true. Um, We have a friend of ours that uh, every time uh, we meet or exit uh, in meeting refers to me as professor. Hmm. Professor. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I I can live with that. That's fine. Yeah. Unnecessary. It's not, it's not, it, it doesn't need to happen, but it's a, it's an acknowledgement of something, I guess. So it is. Yeah. It's hard to know when you bring the, like, what what title is appropriate up. Uh, like, I had somebody here doing some work on my house, and he kept referring to me as Ms. Spiegel. Mm, and I never corrected him, because the fact that I have a PhD in rhetoric was not relevant to my... <laughs> you said you, you, you said you said to the to the person refinishing your bathtub it's dr spiegel thank you and right. he's like <laughs> cool i'm still gonna need to open this window to ventilate and to you're ventilate, still yeah. not gonna want to use harsh chemicals on your brand new refinished tub right right yeah. right the uh the honorific when when is it appropriate to use honorifics um yeah that's always a good well and it's yeah, it's an interesting thing. Like, sometimes I have students that'll say, they'll call me Professor Spiegel, and then they'll apologize and be like, sorry, doctor. And I'm like, both of these are true. Both are true. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. The only one that I, I sort of do the line at was was Mr. Mm-hmm. Mr. It's like Mr. Fitzgerald. It's like, I don't know. There's something about it. It's like, it it puts me in a in a place of, of being someone that uh, I don't uh, I don't identify with. Yeah. Um, so it's like doctor is fine. Professor is fine. Paul is fine. You know, whatever people are more comfortable with. But it's like, what about Mr.? And I'm like, nope. Not <laughs> not that one, though. Yeah. Well, you know, as we know, there are several way There are several versions of Miss, Mrs., Ms. that they can. Ma'am. Yeah. Madam Spiegel. <sighs> that would be okay. I think I'd go for that. Fraulein Spiegel. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's like I try not to get too concerned about what I'm called, except it's kind of like one of the few things you have control over in life is it is it is you know and that's and that's uh that's going around today you know on how do people want to be referred to mm-hmm. with their pronouns and things like that i don't know if honorifics are different obviously i'm not sort of equating the two but um, a lot of times with how i'm referred um oftentimes really does seem like it's more up to the comfort level of the well i guess that's also true for pronouns right mm-hmm. it, in in the persistent backlash against that is um who who is being accommodated and who is the accommodator right are we looking for things that are more comfortable for the person who we're referring to or more comfortable for the person who's doing the referring and um what my honorific is is obviously less than your pronouns something than my pronouns yeah Yeah, right because i mean but all these things do kind of hit upon this this notion of identity yeah you know, identification and and how do how do we identify? And are there are there any names that people call you or ways that people use your name that 
bristle you personally? Uh, I used to be referred to, and I was okay with uh, Fitz, Dr. Fitz, things like that. And I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. That ship sailed. Why did you... Why'd you put the kibosh on that? Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I think I never really liked it. Oh. You know, I think I never really liked it. But you know, the kids liked it, and it was easier than Fitzgerald. But I guess not really. I don't know. Um, but I was like, you know what? Let's put a let's put a moratorium on that one for a little while. And I do want to circle back one more time and be perfectly clear to everyone: I am in no way equating honorific of, of Tyler position with gender pronouns. I am not doing that. These are not the same thing, right? So I just wanted to circle back and not get, yeah. you know, make sure that I was clear in in, in that because. Yeah, it's an interesting. But it does it does hit this identity thing, you know? Yeah, it's an interesting thing because um, I think I've always kind of battled with. Um, having people call me what I would like to be called. Mm. Um, and it's funny in, if you sort of drag the river of my, uh, rate my professor, there's an old post from probably, gosh, almost like eight or 10 years ago mm. where the student, and I know exactly who he was, um, complained that I let my feminism get in the way of my instruction. Mm. And the reason that he and I went to task together was because they were reading a piece of my writing in the class mm. and he kept referring to the author as he. Uh, and uh, I asked that he refer to the author as she mm -hmm. and he kept making the mistake. And, um, and I was just like, no, we're going to stop here. Like, this is my writing. And I would like you to refer to me as she. Um, yeah, right. And, and it is for that issue that I became, and I, like, I have done much more feminist things in my classroom sense. Yeah, right. right yes. Right, right. So my great feminist stance was requesting to be referred to by she. Mm-hmm. 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 Very so. cool. Very cool. Yeah, so I guess this is one. This is something that I'll encounter here again in a couple of weeks once classes start. I mean, I've I've had sort of the summer off of, you know, the honorific conversation because every semester I think students have always asked, mm -hmm. you know, how should we how should we refer to you? It's like, hey, wow, that's cool. You know, I'm I'm down with that. You know, um, that's a conversation I'm happy to have because it at least represents something. Yeah. You know of of. Uh, you know, it's like I'm walking around demanding respect from from people. You know, it's like it, it it's at least some sort of consideration that I will then return. How would you like to be referred? You know, how should mm -hmm. I refer to you as well? Um, so that's all. That's all good things. That's all good things. So, do you have a preference for what you would prefer that they all call you? For the last. Um, for the last, I don't know, a couple of years, I guess. My phrase has been just call me Paul, you know, and some students are like, no, be <laughs> like, okay, what's more comfortable for you? <laughs> you know, because some people want their professor to be professor or doctor, you know, and there are people who take to Paul in, you know, five seconds, like, all right, Paul, thanks. And I'm like, sure, no problem at all. Um, and there's some, it's like who I've known for 10 years and they still refer to me as Dr. Fitzgerald. And it's like, oh, come on. You know? Yeah. You know, come on. Because, I mean, it just, it, uh, and again, it's like, I don't want to kind of confuse pro gender pronouns with, with honorifics and things like that. But Dr. Fitzgerald sort of in, 
in Mr. Fitzgerald and Professor Fitzgerald, you know, your how you're identified puts you into a puts you into a what do I want to say? I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it sort of. It, are you it, thinking? Because it, it puts me into an identity that I that doesn't feel like it's always my choice. You know, mm-hmm. right? But I mean that. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think, you know, I had a one of my mentors. I only had one class with him, um, and I had known him before we had that class together. So he was always Paul. Paul Heilecker, not Paul right, Fitzgerald, right? right. right? Um, so it was Paul Heilecker, Paul Heilecker. And then when I was in the class with him, he introduced himself and he was like, within the context of this class, it helps me if you call me, you know, Dr. Heilecker or Dr. H. So I know when we're talking, what context we're talking. Yeah, about. right. And right. I think that's useful. Um, <laughs> for the longest time, I requested that all of my students call me Dr. Spiegel in part. Because I had earned that thing, and I wanted to hear it. Right. Right? Right. Right. But um, after a while, I started loosening up, and now it actually says on my syllabus that students can call me um, Sherry or Dr. Spiegel or Professor Spiegel, whatever they feel most comfortable with. Right. Right. One thing that I do find is the students who tend to take to calling me Sherry very quickly probably would do well to call me Dr. Spiegel for a I've little noticed longer. That, I've noticed that myself. Yeah, I've yeah. noticed that myself. And um, I think right after I graduated from from graduate school, I you know, Dr. Fitzgerald, thank you very much. You know, <laughs> just because it was just such a, so ridiculous that it was true that, you know, it was, yeah. almost, it was almost self-reinforcement, not necessarily ego or anything like that. But I have to admit, part of it probably was ego, I'm sure. But, you know, I've heard that other argument as well. And and I totally appreciate that. There are people, especially, you know, BIPOC, minority, um, people who have worked very, very hard to get those degrees. And they really do wear those honorifics as, as signs of respect and respect that they should have. And when they say, you, you telling your students that they can call you Paul does not help me, you know, get the recognition that I worked so hard for. So it's like, I appreciate that too. Yeah, and I mean... You know? I have felt that a little bit like, yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Sure. It's like yeah, you walk sure. into the classroom and you automatically have the respect and um, which has nothing to do with degrees or, you know, no, anything and, else, you know, and you know, now that we have like facial hair to go with the whole get up, I think now you're just going to earn more respect as my esteemed colleague. Yeah. I need to start wearing elbow patches or something. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what I would do with that. Work on with a pipe and <laughs> patches on a tweed jacket or something. Oh my tweed god! Jacket. Bring back the old ways, right? Of right, a fedora hat. And academia. Only I yeah. wear the fedora, sir. Right. Yeah, but I don't know. It's um, this idea of what you, what we call ourselves, what we allow others to call us. You know, one of the things that I think is interesting. This is why I asked you: Is there anything people call you that? you dislike, which I do know that there is a thing that I have referred to you as that you don't enjoy, mm. which I will not replicate on this <laughs> podcast because Lest I know at least spread, one person yeah. that used that for evil. Um, yeah. <laughs> Trish V. Uh, but yeah. um, I actually do not like the French pronunciation of my first name. Mm. Um, like when people say Cherie, I do not. 
I do not recognize that don't as dig it, huh? yeah. that goes with me at all. And I have hmm. people that are still in my life, people I love, who call me Cherie because they like it. And I never correct them because, well, they like it. Yeah. So, right. cool. Um, but it's something I've been thinking about more and more. Like, how do you start a conversation with somebody that you've known for like five years? It's like, so by the way, you call me this thing that I hate. And I know it's my name. Yeah, right. Right, 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 right. And there's a, there's a whole, there's, there's a couple of books written. I've just started one that we, we picked up on, on how to have difficult conversations. Mm. Um, and it's like, how do you, how do you do exactly that? You know, how do you have um, a conversation with somebody that, you know, is going to be, uh, or you don't know is going to be, but runs the risk of being a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. for one or both parties because it, I, it it's not comfortable from the from the presentation side of it right. you know and i suspect it's not comfortable necessarily from the receiving side of it unless both parties enter into it in a particular mindset you know so with a little bit of a and there's the objective i think is not to try to have this conversation in a way where there's no pain and no discomfort whatsoever because that's just not always always possible you know, um, mm-hmm. that that's not the world in which we, we sort of live. And the obje- objective is not a painless one. The objective is a suffering-less one. Yeah. You know, so how can you how can you have this conversation in a way where it can actually happen, where there is the necessary and required amount of pain that goes along with it, but not disproportionate and mm-hmm. in a way that does not result in, in suffering. And so it's like, just like with first name correction, it's like, it's it's one thing if it's the very first time and they totally butcher your name and it's like ah it's pronounced blah and it's like no harm no foul whatever it's fine I mean there is no presumption of arrogance or forethought or knowledge going into it thank you for correcting me I'll make sure whatever right yeah. and there's, there's no big deal right after five years though and after entrenched or presumed acceptance of that being a way to which one is preferred you know how do you have that conversation now with like. Oh, I go by Sherry now. It's not pronounced Sherry. It's like ooh, Lati da. You know, it's like why didn't you tell me this five? You know, it could it could go weird in all sorts of different ways. And this is like an easy. This is a minor case. I mean, this is not like a biggie either. Well, and it's gone that way a couple of. Well, easy for you to say. How many times have people mispronounced Paul <laughs> in your life? I'm gonna start calling you Paul. It happened. What? Well, it wasn't Paul. It was you know my last name. You know ah. my 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 very first full time job boss used to put the accent on the wrong syllable. Ah uh, yes. It was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when I was in fifth grade, uh, my family and I moved to a new neighborhood, and when we moved to that new neighborhood, I decided that I was gonna be Cherie. And so people that I met in fifth grade, like my new neighbors at the time. um, In fact, I think um, Bill and Katie, who I love, are probably the, they were my neighbors. Um, They're probably the only people in the world who can call me Cherie. And it doesn't bother me because I know I specifically like that year was going to be Cherie for whatever reason. Who knows what a 10 year old's thinking, right? Um. But now whenever I hear Cherie from anyone else, well, in part because Eric only uses Cherie when he's being like shitty with me. Like, you know, like he's mm. he's just trying to stick it to me and he'll be he'll use it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't matter. But a lot of times I'll have conversations with students 
where I'll ask, you know, is it this or that? And they'll say, it doesn't matter. And I always bristle at that. And I'm like, it does matter. Choose. Yeah. Yeah. You choose. <laughs> yeah. So, but can, can that be, cause I mean, then the way that that could go, I, I imagine would be, you know, you tell these people who refer to you as Sherry that you prefer Sherry, but with these other people, it's okay if they call you Sherry because who you were at the time. And it's like, well, why do they get to call you Sherry? And I don't, you know, and does an individual reserve, I think I know the answer to this. Does the individual reserve the right to ask to be called, referred to in a particular way by particular people in particular contexts? Hi. You know, on th- we'll, we'll say the answer on three. Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, we'll give, we'll give our own answers on three. Because it's like, this question just came up. One, two, three. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah, we're in agreement on this. <laughs> okay, Wonderful. so it, what, I mean, and so it's like, if you just, if you just kind of throw that out there. Uh, oh, by the way, you know, it's, you know, I'm going by Sherry these days. You know, I'm going by Sherry. My name is Sherry. It's pronounced Sherry. I don't know what the best way to, to say that might be. Yeah, it's a weird, and it's, you know, for the most part that these issues don't come up for me a lot. Um, but you know, there are questions of when do you correct someone? But I, I do think that like as people, um, how people refer to us maybe help. I mean, it, it paints something about identity, right? This is where that, you were yeah, going it, a little it does. Earlier. Yeah, it does. It's like, that's the, that's the car we're sort of walking around looking at from different angles, you know, to see what's going on with it. You know, right. The whole identity is at the, at the, at the core of this whole thing. Yeah. And there's, um, yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, I was part of the symposium a couple weeks ago where we did introductions, um, but it was not the typical kinds of introduction where we said our name, but then we said where we lived, what our mm-hmm. watershed was. Maybe we talked right. about this a little bit. And that's so different. Where your watershed? Yeah, what watershed are you in? No, maybe I didn't talk to you about this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool. What a, what an awesome intro question. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's super cool. It was just like, because part of it was, um, you know, when you describe your watershed, you eventually end up in an ocean. And it's this reminder of, of how we're all connected. So what we did is we talked about. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. That's cool. Yeah, who we yeah, were, cool. like what our names were, where we lived, who were the native, you know, the indigenous people right, to the land. Right, right, right. And then the watershed, and then some ex- some um, in uh, what's the word I'm looking for? In danger of inst- extinction, endangered species. Like an, an, there an we endangered, are. Yeah, an endangered, yeah, and local endangered thing. Um, and so it was more about where we were than who we were, and I thought that was a really interesting way um, to get into knowing people. Because one of the things I hate is when I meet a group of people first being outed as being a professor of English Mm. because then people respond to me in a particular way that often has to do with grammar. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, That's an interesting set of set of questions and something that I noticed, I guess about uh, two and a half or three years ago, I was at a large gathering based back when there were large gatherings. And um, the question that folks who were um, mindful and attentive to this kind of this kind of conversation would not we're we're not asking people where they were from oh where are you from right um, they would ask where did you travel from mm. or from mm-hmm. where did you travel where did you travel from because I mean at 
the 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 intent here i think is is sort of to sort of pry apart the assumptions that one can make about someone's origin you know ancestral origin ethnicity kind of kind of whatever right from from how they identify and um the truth of their own their own personal experience because like Fitzgerald you're from Ireland right it's like no <laughs> I'm in midwestern as they, as you can get yeah. you know but and, and I'm I'm an, and I'm an easy case you know it's like I, I, there's not a lot of confusion here with any of it or potential for confusion here with any of it but i mean when you get a when you get a diverse group of people together you know, um, where are you from can be triggering in some not so good ways, you know, just because it, it just speaks to the long history of assumptions yeah. that people make about each other and form uh, in, uh, impressions or assumptions of identity based on that. Yeah, well, and I mean, there's even just, I mean, the fact that a lot of people don't identify with being from a certain place. I mean, right. the, the idea of place and home are just really complicated for a lot they of are. people. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. So it's kind of amazing how small little shifts in things like introductions, um, like where have you traveled from? Yeah, as opposed to tiniest little, smallest little difference, you know, but makes a huge. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, I think that these, and maybe I'm thinking about these things because in a couple of weeks we're going to be back in the classroom, and there's always the dreaded icebreaker when we come back together. and I mostly just said the words back together just to trigger Paul a little. Yeah, right. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> see episode. See episode 75, 75 right? Yeah. yeah. But it is, I mean, it's, um, it's interesting at the start of, um, maybe that's another reason why welcome back doesn't work, um, is that it's the start of something new for us, right? We're going to be yeah, together with, right. with a, with a group of people that we haven't been in a room together. Um, so when people are gathering, um, where do we start and what aspects of our identity are important, salient to that meeting? Right. Yeah, because it was always like, tell us something interesting about yourself. What's your favorite color? What's your favorite sport? I mean, the, these old icebreaker, yeah. you know, that everybody is like dreaded, Ugh, you know. God, an icebreaker. We're going to try to get to know each other better. It was, it was always just painful. So, I mean, there's a whole movement in how to make icebreakers interesting. Yeah. You know, and by interesting, I don't think I mean, I, I don't think they mean interesting. I, th- I think it's meaningful. Mm-hmm. Not just like a catastrophic, who cares, waste of time kind of thing. Yeah. You know, well, but I mean, talk about an interesting icebreaker that's meaningful. How do you prefer to be, re- how do you prefer to be referred? Mm-hmm. It's good to Can have- that not be it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think. I mean, I think it's hard within a big group of people because I think what people do is they zone out and they only think that their introduction, and maybe I should be, speak for myself, but right, because right. in a big group, one might spend so much time focusing on thinking about what they're going to say when it's their turn. And then after it is their turn, then they're off the clock, right? Like, so. Part of the issue with the icebreaker is how do you keep everyone else in the room invested in yeah right what's being said how does a, how does how does everybody have stakes yeah stakes in it you know and that's you know how would how would you like to be referred 
you know, is not the worst one because it's like other, if we're going to be in this class together, you, this is not the last time you're going to see this person. If you just get a bunch of randos together for the very first time, you know, it, it's like just put their pronouns on their name tag and ask them fine. what their favorite, favorite, you know, sport ball is, you know, <laughs> it's like, but, but when there is meaningful stakes involved with it, when you're going to be working together with people, you know, it, it, I think it's worth the investment to go a little bit deeper on what those icebreaker I I have questions about the whole notion of the word icebreaker. Where did that come from? It's like, that's what is this ice question. that's being broken here, right? Are we trying to warm up to each other so we need to break through the ice? To, anyway, different different episode that we have not yet recorded or maybe never will. You know, but because um, you, you get these lists, it's like, do an icebreaker and here are some questions that you might ask. And it's like, well, somebody's just... Icebreaker, uh, meaningful icebreakers have to come from the heart, I think. Well, impractical. I think, I think we have a lot of really weird ice-based metaphors in our language. So yeah, we have this idea of breaking the ice. The idea seems to be that being on the ice is bad, but right. being below the ice is somehow it's, better. Yeah, like it's better. Yeah, the water is the dust. Like I guess we want to do a deep dive together, and in order to do so, we a have deep, to break the ice. Break the ice, so we can do a deep dive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I think it is something to think about, like the more, um, the more that we're able to gather in larger groups and there's so much of, um, sort of kicking off a new beginnings right now, um, Mm -hmm. that I think there's both the question of like identity and, you know, um, yeah, breaking the ice again, like trying to, I don't know, every time I'm in a group of more than like two people, I'm really, really hyper aware of how out of practice I am with carrying mm. on in-person conversations. And it's like, what do humans talk about? Like, yeah, I don't know. And, and, and with whom? So, you know, I've been in a couple of conversations um, in person over the last uh month or so and you know what, what's what i'm thinking about right now is like that that's actually a lot mm-hmm. it's a lot these days you know because used to be like i'd be in nine conversations in an hour with different people and now it's like i was in a couple this last month and it's like wow that's that's different that's new and um, half of them were with me right half of them <laughs> with you um and um maybe not half that's giving me a lot of credit there's been a few there's been travel involved right there's been been a few but it always seems so we're going in we're going to have a conversation with somebody or at least we're going to be face to face within reason and say words to each other and uh it's like i I think i feel like i'm out of practice a little Mm -hmm. me too no um but I do, when I'm entering into a conversation, feel a little bit of a sense of responsibility on what that conversation might entail and what the properties of it are. I want the other person to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want myself to be comfortable in, mm-hmm. in it. Um, I want to do what I can to prevent awkwardness, especially if it's somebody that I really don't know. And uh, how do we keep a conversation moving if we're going to be there for a little while? Mm-hmm with genuine curiosity and not just like going through a list of things I could ask to, to make it go forward. Um, and that all kind of gets into what is the energy and intentionality that one brings into a conversation such as this one, you know, such as this Mm -hmm. one. Um, 
Because and- they, they don't always just happen by themselves. There is a warm-up period. I mean, we usually toss the rag a little bit, you know, before we hit the play button just to get the pipes cleared out and get into a state of flow and, uh, you know, do a little checking in and stuff. Yeah. What's kind of funny about it is, so I feel more pressure to carry on conversations when there hasn't been a button pressed than when I have, right? Like, mm. um, like I don't feel nervous. Like once, okay, we just push the button and something's going to yeah. happen because so far 75 times we yeah, pushed the out. button and we've <laughs> never ran out of things to say. Right. Right, in right. fact, we talk all over each other and it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like something about like sitting down with like a human and like, well, there's no microphone in front of them. How do I yeah. talk to them? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah and, and I think I, I feel very similarly. I, like I don't want people to be awkward. I want everyone to be comfortable. Um, yeah. Right. You know, but you come to realize that lots of different people have different expectations for what feels comfortable within a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like how much silence can you tolerate before you do feel awkward? Um, I think as teachers, we maybe some of us get really good at awkward silence. Yeah. Um, I was going to say like a lot. Yeah. A lot of silence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't mind asking a question and hearing silence. Look at us demonstrating silence. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Whenever that happens, I'm like, who's going to break first? You know, because I'll, I'll do that in the class. It's like, let's see how comfortable. But that's informative, though, mm-hmm. is, you know, how comfortable are people with, with silence? And you learn a little bit about folks. Mm-hmm. You know, by by poking around at that and discovering that, and you know, what is the, you know, and I think this circles back to identity a little bit as well. What is the, um, if you find out that the answer is they, is, the answer is low. Someone is low in their tolerance for for silence. What's going on? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Why why is silence awkward to begin with? Uh, that might be a different episode as well. It's like you talk about awkward silence. It's like, I would think silence would be the relief state. It's like, yeah. nobody's asking you to do anything. What's, or maybe that's why it's so awkward is because nobody's asking you to do anything, you know? It's well, like, it's interesting. Cause I think the people I'm then? closest to are the ones that I can shut up in front of. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, um, yeah, where you don't have to fill every minute. And right. um, like one of the things that I think is like a de- like a dead giveaway that I'm super nervous is I get very chatty. Mm. I should wear a T-shirt. Caution. Chatty. With yeah. Nervous. Yeah. I've heard that from other people before, though. Not about you. Right. But um, <laughs> it's like, like people. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, Sherry. People, people yeah. complain about this. Yeah. You, you can tell when people are nervous because they get chatty. I've heard that from other folks. Do you too. get ner- Do you get chatty when you're nervous? I think I probably do. I think I probably do. I think you know, you do too. Um, yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. I probably do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I fe- I I felt the urge to fill awkward silence. It's not like I'm immune to it either. You know, um, it's like oh man, everybody's being really quiet. Yeah. What is the what? It's like, and that just goes into I think like what is the intention of the of the gathering. 
mm-hmm. that that we're in, you know, kind kind of plays into it. But if you're doing a, a thing that is a social thing and everybody just kind of sits there and nobody says anything, mm-hmm. that feels like a that feels like a failure. Is it? I don't know because it's like everybody just kind of being all quiet. It's like they're there, aren't they? Uh, it's, yeah, it's complicated. It's complicated. It is. You know? it is. Um, it's complicated. Yeah, it's interesting. I think one of the things I really enjoy about our mutual friend Mike is that he's really good at asking very open questions that everyone at the table can kind of go around and like. Yeah. Um, you know, like when we used to do tea in my office, he would ask good questions like, well, what's everyone's favorite childhood candy? Like you might remember we did that one one time in my office. Oh, what is my favorite? I, re- I appreciate you're not actually asking me that question, but I am now thinking about that, though. Well, now I'm going to ask you. And see if you say the same answer that you provided on that day a year and a half ago. I don't know. Taste can change. It's true. Boy, this it would be the least interesting podcast ever if I spent the last ten minutes of this thinking about (laughs) what my favorite candy was. (laughs) Growing, it was like "Ah, I I might circle back to this. I might think about it. Well, it's just kind of funny given all the questions that we've asked each other on this podcast. Like that, this is the one that stumps you the most, right? Like Paul, define the word. Like I don't know, like contemplation oh okay i can yeah. do that i can do that on the job my favorite yeah. childhood candy though Oof. yeah de- Oof. yeah yeah just discuss the true nature of divine humanity it's like oh absolutely that's no problem at all sure. it's like what's your favorite candy and shit Jeez, i don't know you can't put me on a spot like that the true nature of divine humanity i can address what's my favorite candy i don't even know where to start with that you know what i think would have been <laughs> the classic paul response to that what I don't know. Probably. I'm in the now. I'm in the now. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. The so closest I, I got to being cute about that was like, well, when I was five, when I was 10 or teenager, it's like, what time? Because candy changed a lot when I was a kid. And that's just the academic approach to defining terms. I did see, like the the candy that you would have to, what is it? The little dots on the piece of paper that you had to sort of peel up and eat. I liked the, uh, the candy necklaces and the candy bracelets too. Those kind of junky things. And it's like, Ooh, they're so good. I don't remember what I said. I don't know what I said. Well, I don't know if we had done... We may not have put childhood into it. That might have been why it's more difficult this time around. Mm. Um, mm. It would have been funny if you had said now or later, though. Like, now or later, yeah. yeah. I, um, uh, so I, I did like snow caps in the box. Oh, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I only ever got them in the movie theater. Yeah, Ooh, that's kind caps. of like a junior mint situation. I feel the same Yeah, about. Like. Right. They're great, but I would only eat them in the movie theater. Yeah. Why? I do like black licorice. I'm one of the few people. You and I both, friend. The salty, uh, less so. <laughs> we did have an experience <laughs> with that. Yeah. yeah. We, well, it's funny because so. we had like a bag of, I don't even remember what that brand was, but you had a bag in your office of black licorice that was like mildly salty. And we it really like enjoyed the, that. Yeah. And then I went and bought us the... Double extra salted, salt. it's like, oof, and that was like, this. how is this candy? How is this even candy? Yeah. yeah, and it's like, I would eat them and be like, yeah, this is good. I like. No, I don't. Mm, do you want another one? No, I think I'm all right for now. <laughs> <laughs> those <laughs> might still. Yeah, well, actually, you moved your recovering. office. I was going to say, did you discover those in your office move? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. It's like, oh, did those you are still there? 
Did you offer them to the divine? I don't remember. I have a box of stuff that I moved over. I might have just thrown them in there and moved on. Oh, okay. We'll see. I think I don't think many food stuffs that I had in my office made it in the move, though. But well, we'll it's funny because a, I think that those weeks, would be the one thing that the um, if there were rodents within your building. They probably would have passed on. Yeah, I know. It's like whether or not the salty licorice is still there is not an indicator of pest. <laughs> yeah. The need for pest control. It's like, yeah, they're not going to eat it either. It's like at the end of the apocalypse, Twinkies and salt, double salted licorice. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two things. Those are the yeah. two things left. Yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do. It's always a surprise when this semester starts how I'm going to, what I'm going to offer when students ask how to refer to me. You know, and is it is it doing is it doing the students a favor by just telling them, like on the syllabus, versus having them ask, or just like telling them on the first day, called me blah blah blah, or please I'm going by blah 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 these days, and refer to me thusly if you would. I like what you offered as Paul Heidelberg's solution to that in class. This helps. Yeah, uh, outside of class, when we're having a different kind of conversation, you can go with whatever you want or something. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I usually like to tell them what I like to be called and then offer them space to tell me what they like to be called. Um, I think that's good modeling, but it's hard because like, I often don't remember, you know, there's a way in which we kind of have to reinforce it as we get to know one another because, um, you know, for our part, we're meeting a hundred and some odd people in one week. I need a little reinforcement. Um, So I try to be patient with the fact that they might need a little reinforcement as well. Hmm. Um, You know, I think if I were a student today, I wouldn't, you know, I, I think probably when I was in college, I just got away with it by not referring to a lot of my professors by anything. Like I will never say your name and this will never be awkward. Right. Um, right. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It was a little old school for me. I was, I had about 10, a little over 10 years on you before that. Um, so it was like, it was unheard of. Everybody, you know, doctor or professor was just what it, what it was. It wasn't a conversation that anybody really sort of thought about. Yeah. Then in graduate school, it was, it was still that, but then one waited until they were offered a call me Bob. All right, Bob. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. I it was the the sort of stick to the stick to the formal until invited to 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 something more informal. But maybe that's your solution right there. Because I mean, circling black, circling back, the the topic of this podcast is so. How do you how do you get these people who call you Cherie to call you Sherry without get, them getting awkward or <laughs> or preventing you from being awkward right and in, in, in having to do that um, and one of the ways we do it is to have a podcast and on the 76th episode say it's pronounced Sherry and hope they listen to it right and maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe they do or maybe they don't uh, but you know if you wanted to take proactive measure on this um, how does it work you know what do you what do you do you know and it might just be oh, call me Sherry yeah. Oh, but I like Cherie. It's like, please, Sherry. <laughs> then get a friend named Cherie. Then get a friend well, named Cherie, I mean, yeah. It's funny because I think most of the time it doesn't it doesn't come up. It doesn't I don't have many friends that call me Cherie. Um, but I did notice as we've been talking, every time you have used that word Cherie, like I have bristled, like, huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Like, I know one thing. Paul should not call me Cherie. It feels right. wrong. It feels wrong, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Be like me calling you Steve. Yeah, it's pronounced Cherry, so. Yeah. There. Problem there solved. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> problem solved uh but yeah and i i do want to again want to appreciate that this is a deeper there, there's certainly room for a deeper conversation with people that are not you know as privileged as, as you and i about you know how to be referred to and and not to mix up you know gender pronoun and the importance of that with with honorific and yeah and stuff but it does it does kind of circle back to this whole identity thing and who are we and you know, what influences how we show up, you mm-hmm. know, and how you refer to certainly does that. And if it's, you know, if it's in a way that you don't identify, you know, then that sort of puts you in a, puts you in a corner a little bit, you know, puts you in a headspace that you don't necessarily, that doesn't, doesn't allow you to be your best for who you want to be in, yeah. in any particular time or place. You know? Yeah. And I, I think if it, you know, if how you're referred to signals to you that you have to be a version of yourself that doesn't feel true to you, that's yeah, it's a really tricky. And that's what it, I mean. People say, Doctor Fitzgerald. I mean, I have I have this mental image of what doctors of academia do, and it's like I don't even know if I do that stuff. You know, it's like I'm I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt here, and yeah. It's like, what I mean, my I challenge my own sense of what it means to be professorial, you know. So to be referred in that way, sort of is like, oh man, if you're going to call me that, I'm going to have to go change my shirt, put something <laughs> with buttons on. Where's my tweed jacket, you know? And then come back and say, hello, how may I help you today, student? You have been showing up places in a shirt that has buttons recently. Yeah, I know a couple I of times. I did yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, I did, I did um, yesterday. It is curious though. You and I, we refer to each other as Dr. Fitzgerald and Dr. Spiegel on occasion. And I don't yeah. exactly know why we do that. Yeah, but I don't I, either. You know, I do it even when you're not around. Like, I'll be talking to Eric and I'll be like, oh, I need to message Dr. Fitzgerald. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I tend it's funny because to... it's true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's I don't like, know what to say about that. I don't do. know what to say about that. Yeah, who knows? Um, who knows? Yes, occasionally I like to give you reverence. No. Yeah, that, maybe that's what it is. It's yeah. like, you know, and part of that might just be, I mean, this is, I mean, this is a perfect case in point. It seems almost silly, you know, but it's a perfect case in point. I think we've started most episodes of this podcast with, hello, Dr. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello, Dr. Blah, blah, blah. Not that we sound in any way like that. I sound just well, like but that. It my, was my sherry voice is like, so, Paul, what are you going to do for dinner? <laughs> you know, it's like. Don't sound that way. Yeah, and I've how, listened to the podcast just to be sure. That's not what I sound <laughs> that's like. That's not what you sound like. Um, the only way to not be offensive about that is to make it so so sound so totally not like the actual person that it couldn't possibly be confused as anything. Um, What's funny is like when I was, I don't know, maybe like 12 years old or so, these girls kept making fun of me for having like a really low voice. Hmm. And it's funny to me today because in my head, I think my voice is incredibly shrill. Um, yeah, right. So I don't know. I like, who knows what, you know, you actually, in, an individual yeah, actually right. sounds like. But yeah, right, what I do right. know is I do not sound like Paul's Sherry voice. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's, we're, we're professionals here. We're running a professional organization here at This Most Unbelievable Life. And we only work with professionals because we're a pro- professional people. And trying to, trying to demonstrate that professionalism and our cred 
in some way by throwing in the honorific, Dr. Spiegel. Falk, thank you for joining me on this podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) May we record another one soon. But this is Podcast Monday morning. This is unusual here. We're doing uh, something something kind of different here for this one. It is because for Podcast Tuesday, (laughs) I will not be at a computer. Yeah, once again, we're referring back to episode 75 um, a, a little bit. Uh, we're taking turns mm-hmm. here being out of town. So it's my turn. It's your turn. Yeah, it's your uh-huh. turn. So trying to trying to find was that 74 or 75? Yeah, I guess it was 74. Yeah. Uh, trying to build uh, some flexibility in the schedule as part of the plan. So yeah, here we are. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. So as this podcast comes out tomorrow, I will be in the grand state of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. About to see my very first fish show. It's going to be fantastic. And we're not talking about an aquarium situation. No, I did go out. The uh, band, because I had a fish show last week. Yeah, I went out with a friend uh, about a week or two ago, and he was very confused. Like, my husband Eric and our friend Ryan and I are all going on this trip together, and um, my friend thought we were going on a fishing trip. Yeah. And uh, I do not fish. Yeah, I went to the Shedd Aquarium last week. Yeah, that's a different kind of fish. It's a different kind of fish show. A very cool one, though. Yep. You did your fish tour last week. I will do mine this week. And I wish you fun and safety and health throughout all of that. And mm-hmm. uh, if we do this right, the dear listener will not be any the wiser that we're doing <laughs> strange, flexible things in our recording. Uh, and it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Always. Awesome. Cool. There it is. There Dr. It Spiegel, is. wonderful again. As always, Dr. Fitzgerald. Right. So how do you, listener, try to think about this? Have you ever thought about this, how, how you like to be referred? So, you know, kick us a line if you'd like to and let us know what you think about this one. Yes. Perhaps and they would like us not to refer to them as dear listener. Dear listener. Yeah, because that reeks of like a North Korea situation. You know, the dear, dear leader, dear listener. I don't know. Dear listener. Um, let us know how we would, how you would like to be referred by, to by us. Esteemed and fans. Yeah, and we recently released a newsletter. We got the monthly newsletter um, that's now going, I would say going strong, but it's like, well, it'll be going strong. There needs to be at least two of them, three of them out there before it's going strong. That's going to be coming out every month. Um, So if you head over to the website, uh, you can find a sign up for the newsletter where you can get that delivered to your inbox uh, on a monthly basis. It's got some good stuff in there. So Great. And last we are moving it to a monthly newsletter. It was initially billed as a monthly newsletter, and we last released one one year ago. So far, it's been an annual newsletter. Yeah. It's been an annual letter to the listeners. You right. Know. But and we're going to go monthly on that. So Yeah, we got this. Yeah, cool. If you want that to show up in your inbox, go ahead and uh, subscribe to that and check it out. Yeah. There it is. Cool, cool. Have a wonderful time on your trip, Cherry, and we'll talk to you soon. I will. See you on the flip side. Awesome. Bye, everybody. Bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com.
Paul and Sherry have a Paul podcast. Paul and Sherry podcast. Yes. 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 Cool.